The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about conflict healing with with mediation. And I am so thrilled because I have invited a guest that I just met recently, a wonderful mediator from Florida, His name is Tom Herzog, and let me tell you a little bit about him. I got a kick out of it because we're both near Chicago babies. He's from Des Plaines, Illinois, and I was from Oak Park in LaGrange, Illinois. So we were basically neighbors many, many years ago. And then he moved to Miami, Florida to continue his college education And then he graduated from the University of Miami and obtained a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology, which is a great background for mediation. And then after graduation, he attended the Metropolitan Police Institute and received his certification from the Board of Police Officers Training, Standards in Training, as a police officer in Florida. And then over the years, he's attended over 30 specialty training programs, ranging from child abuse investigation, traffic, homicide, civil liability, injury and death investigation, and and even dignitary protection. And then he went to become a certified Florida Supreme Court certified county circuit family and dependent mediator. And he's been doing that in the 2nd and 14th Judicial Courts in the state of Florida. So this is a real wonderful background, a rich background of psychology and law enforcement and mediation training. And he specializes in mediating personal injury, law enforcement-related cases, which he has a great deal of information about. And he also does such mediations as debt mediation, victim offender, landlord tenant, homeowners association, community mediations, and more. You can find out more about him at our website at conflicthealing.com, where we have his picture and his bio, and we link to his website, which is Herzog, H-E-R-Z-O-G, mediation.com. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for joining us this morning all the way from Florida. Thank you, Mary, for having me. Well, I think you have an incredible background, and it's, it's so important for law enforcement people to understand psychology and to understand how to resolve disputes. So 
So how is it that you decided to become a mediator after years in law enforcement? After I retired from law enforcement, I did a few things, did a little bit of traveling, did the honey-do list, and <laughs> after a month or two, then it, you start getting bored because all of those things were already done. And I'd come across an article in our local newspaper about a certification class for county mediation that was going to be held in Tallahassee. Actually, I think it was the following week. And all I had to do to get into it, and the class was free, was to attend a mediation and observe it. So I did that on a Tuesday, and then the end of the next week, I didn't have anything scheduled, so I took the county class and ultimately got my certification from the state as a county mediator. Uh, in the first year, I did over 100 mediations, and I enjoyed it so much that I decided that the next step would be to get uh, circuit, which is just bigger cases. That's the same idea as county cases. It's just larger amounts. And then after each year for the next what, two or three years after uh, the circuit, I did family, and then I did dependency, and then the last one I did was uh, appellate. Yeah. So it's it's a, a process, and as you know, the, the classes you generally have to travel for before the Zoom type thing. Yeah. And, and it's the classes in the motel and, and then doing the observations and co-mediations and getting certified. It takes time. Yeah, it takes time. But, it you know, it's wonderful that you have, like, the psychology. I think, you know, I, I also have a degree. I have a master's in psychology. So I noticed that stuff that I learned years and years ago while I was in college and grad school really has has made an impact on me and it, it kind of all blends together so that you have all that great expertise. And I, I would imagine with you with a degree in psychology and then being in law enforcement, boy, in law enforcement, you really have to learn to read people, don't you? Definitely. And watch their eyes, watch what they're saying, watch their tensing muscles and, and all those things. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a fascinating journey, <laughs> and it was, I guess it was divine timing. You you got bored, and you look, and there it is, the next week, right for you. <laughs> right, and it was work, worked out very well. Yeah, so for those people who don't really understand about mediation, let's kind of explain the difference between mediation, arbitration, and litigation. Could you do that? Sure. Uh, in my opinion, mediation is a process where the parties decide the outcome of their case. They can have legal advice from an attorney, and there can be compromises made. But if there's a compromise, both parties uh, make that decision and go from there. Arbitration and litigation, there's different types of arbitration, but uh they can be binding, basically, is the difference, and it would be also binding if you went to court and, and had the lawsuit and the expenses with that. But the mediation also has lower costs because you can get into it early on and even pre-suit without an attorney or with an attorney. Yeah. I think the, the greatest thing that you were talking about is that the parties really have a fa have a hand in fashioning their agreement, whereas if they're in arbitration or in litigation, you got a judge making a decision, and you don't get a chance to really say what's going on and have a, 
you know, have it protected. Let's talk about confidentiality, which is really big and a big difference between uh, arbitration, which is not private, which is not confidential usually, and um, and litigation, which is really never private, and the the mediation, which you have all that confidentiality. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I want to say everything in mediation is confidential, except where disclosure is required or permitted by law. Mm-hmm. They, they required are like child abuse, elder abuse, and so forth. And the permitted is if there's some type of a crime that the person tells me they're planning to do or, or possibly harm the other far, uh, party, then yeah. those things can be revealed outside of the confidentiality. But the main thing with it is that the parties have the protection that if they don't come to an agreement in mediation and they go to court, nothing that's said in mediation can be used or brought up. The judges don't want to hear it. And that's Florida, and I assume that's pretty much somewhat of a standard throughout the country. Yeah, and that that way that they can really trust you, they're they're not going to be able to subpoena you to say what happened in the mediation unless it's one of those you know by required by law you know but Mm -hmm. but otherwise if if they make settlement offers um you can't say well she offered this and he offered that and you you know that's why you're a, a trusted third party which i think is really um the advantage the the confidentiality and being able to trust a third party to to help them to resolve the dispute. And there's actually two levels of confidentiality. If you're in a general session and you're with both sides, there's confidentiality. If you talk privately, which is called caucusing, there's an additional level of confidentiality. So if, if somebody tells me privately that they won the lottery last night but don't tell the other side, well, I'll keep that information under my hat, but I will not reveal that to the other side. So whatever the issues may be that they may tell me uh, some details, but they don't want me to tell it, and then you ask them after each session, is there anything you told me you don't want me to reveal, and then you keep it confidential. Right, right. So that way, you know, they're they're able to trust you. So so what you've been talking about is really some of the advantages that, that I love. You know, I, I used to litigate as an attorney and I I felt it was like injecting and inciting, you know, more conflict. But let's talk about the advantage of mediation and going with a mediator is like if parties are in in a dispute, which is they're obviously angry, whether it's a neighbor-to-neighbor dispute or a divorce or a breach of contract or whatever it is, um, you know, they they can't often can't talk to each other. So what can a mediator do? Well, the benefit of the mediation is sometimes it can be before people file a suit or after a suit is filed, one of the first things... It usually occurs as the case is sent out to mediation. And keeping in mind the confidentiality, if the case settles early on in mediation, it's keeping the cost down. If the people have attorneys, you know, for family cases, for example, the probably the retainers, and I don't know in your area, but a retainer can be three to five thousand dollars probably. 
oh, yeah. for a family case. And if you get into the civil end of it, it's probably on a percentage or a contingency basis. But the, the cost and then the times of how long it takes to get the case resolved is increased. So if you can settle, make a little bit of a compromise early, then you're done with it. And the aggravation and the stress of, of trials and all the associated things, depositions and so forth, uh, again, not to mention the expenses and the time. And if you don't come to an agreement in the mediation and you go to a trial, you're probably talking at least a year out before you get into court for a trial. So, you know, you want to resolve it and be done with it, or do you want to continue on for a long period of time, potentially? Yeah. And during the pandemic, a lot of the courts are even closed. So, so you know, you have to wait forever to get in, or you have to do a trial by by Zoom. And then, you know, there's a lot of restrictions. Then you, and the other thing is that you can't even say, you know, if you're in a trial, all you can answer is what the, you know, what the attorney asks you when you're on the witness stand. Um, and so you can't really express what you want to express, which you are given that opportunity when you're in mediation, because the mediator will hear what you have to say and actively listen to, to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's money that you save. It's time that you save. It's stress that you save because, you know, I notice and you, I know you notice too that when your clients are in mediation, it's a lot less stressful than, you know, going into a scary courtroom, you know, they're sitting. And it's informal. I yeah. Mean, it's sitting at a table and people can have a cup of coffee and discuss things and go back and forth. So. Yeah. So there's, you know, it, there's so many advantages of that. And, you know, just the other thing is like if you're a business owner and you have to take time away from your business and you're spending money on an attorney, you're you're getting hit both both ways, aren't you? You're losing money at business, and you're losing money having to pay exorbitant uh, legal fees. So, yeah, mediation is obviously um, a, a good choice. Now, it's interesting in Florida, you can be sent out to mediation. In California, they the judge will maybe encourage you, but they can't send you out. So, um, so I, you know, in some ways it's very helpful at least to be sent out, but if you don't want to stay in mediation, it's a voluntary process. If you want to leave at any time, even in Florida, you can do that, right? Yes, uh, it is voluntary, but if they are ordered to it, they must appear, but all they have to do is sit through the opening statement. Uh, which explains the process and the benefits and so forth. And then if they don't want to stay, they can leave. Uh, I don't think I've ever had anybody pop up and say, we're leaving, we've done what we had to. Right. I've heard of cases like that, but uh, you're going to learn something about the case from the other side's perspective. And, you know, it's some cases it may even be free if it's through like small claims or county court or at a low cost, so why not stay and see what happens, because you may be surprised. Yeah, you can always say no, which is really the the beauty of it, right? I mean, you could go and you could talk and you could learn more about the other side, learn more about the case, get some insights from that, and if you don't want to settle, you don't have to, but it's it's been a good chance to, to learn, and then if you're smart, you will settle because you'll you'll recognize 
the advantages and the disadvantages of not settling. So Very true. Yeah. So as a mediator, um, people don't always understand our role as a mediator. So, um, you know, sometimes people will say to me, Mari, you've been a mediator, you know, for 35 years. Do you make decisions for the parties? And so they still confuse our role as a mediator with the role of an, you know, an arbitrator or a judge. So can you kind of express what your role is as the mediator and, and kind of like how you do the process? Again, it, whether you do it separately or together is one thing. And that's based on some of the factors once you talk to the people and so forth. Some people want to be separate from the very beginning. Others don't care. Some might want to do that as the mediation progresses. But as a mediator, you're simply a facilitator. You are there to help the people try to resolve their differences, whatever they may be. It could be family issues. It could be a civil case. It could be, like you mentioned, associations or uh, neighborhood associations and so forth. And I normally start with the person who brought the case to explain to me, well, why are we here today? What is the issue? And... They'll tell me, and there's really no time constraint. We can do it as as long as it takes to get all of those out. And then you listen to the other side of the story. Well, you know, whatever the factors may be for the other side, and, well, that's some of it's true, some of it's not, or whatever. And then, you know, what can be we done to resolve the case today? And then the mediator can point out alternatives. You know, it's... Uh, a simple one is somebody had a wood floor installed and they weren't happy with the product. Okay, so somebody's bringing suit against the flooring company. Well, you know, rather than tearing it out or just not paying them or something like that, maybe there's something that can be done, like maybe refinishing the floor uh, and that type of thing. So there's there's depending on the case and. I also like to say that a mediator cannot be an expert in every imaginable area. (laughs) So one of the things in mediation that I do, I need to learn about the business. And flooring is one that comes up frequently, but I had a case involving a logistics company. And windows that were manufactured and ended up on a construction site months later, and when they opened up the trailer, some of the windows were damaged. Well, you got to learn whose responsibility it is from point A to point B to get it to where they're at the job site. Yep. I've I've had deals or issues with uh, somebody bought a horse and they returned it because they weren't happy with it. Uh-huh. It wasn't compatible with their daughter. Well, you got to learn how all about how horses are traded or sold. Yeah, and and it's one of the exciting things about being a mediator is we can ask about that. Well, you know, help me understand how this works. You know, and then you can you learn about it, and then the more you learn about it, the more that you can be helpful to them. You know, and and maybe offer options. Well, is this possible, or did you think about this? 
I, I remember I had a uh, I had a case also with the, the wood floor issue, where an elderly person lived downstairs, and then young people moved in upstairs, and they had a wood floor, and they liked to dance at night. <laughs> And this was a HOA, you know, Homeowners Association, and and so anyway, it was it was really sad because the elderly person was very lonely, and the people upstairs were always having parties late at night. Anyway, long story short, how we settled it was that we were able to um, get like a, a a a carpet, you know, one of those, you know. A, that you just put on top the wood floor and that they would do that. And then they agreed not to do it, you know, during the week after 10 o'clock and on the weekend only until 1130. And then they would invite this person up for dinner. And, you know, it was, it was a very nice thing where everybody got along at the end, but I thought they were going to kill each other when they started. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's, there's stress that builds up and you don't know what's going to happen. And you're adamant about your side and, once you sit down with the people and you realize, hey, everybody's, you know, a normal human being like I am, and, you know, maybe we should compromise. Exactly, exactly. And sometimes they're so into their position that they, they can't expand the pie to see the forest through the trees that, gee, you know, you don't have to move out or, you know, I, I, I don't have to have you thrown out by the HOA. You know, there's other there's other options. So, um Tell us about uh, a mediation that you thought would never settle, but it did, and it surprised you and actually made you feel pretty good. All right. I thought about this question and came up with a case that I had in the last couple of years. It was a probate case pertaining to a piece of property, and there were nine parties to the case. And if you think about mediations, it's hard enough to get two people to agree to something, let alone nine people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and both sides had attorneys. And I started the mediation with my normal opening statement. And then I said, you know, I suspect being probate court that we're here today because that means somebody in your family probably has passed away, and everybody shakes their hand, or mm -hmm. head yes. Yeah. And I would say that probably if the person knew you were in court with a dispute over the settlement of this, <laughs> see, that person would not be happy. Right. And they also, yes. <laughs> and, you know, we had gone into what the issue was. It was about a house and how they were going to divide it. Right. Or Always if they were going to divide it. And <laughs> I had come up with an idea, and they all bought into it. And it was a plan that was laid out over like three or four months because they were going to get appraisals. One person may want it. One person may not want it. They may all want to keep it and just rent it. And I talked to the attorney a few months later, and we did resolve it. They mm. were all happy. And it did pan out even after the three months of working towards doing that. And, you know, you, you can't judge a book by the cover and you can't use the old adage that, you know, just because there's nine people can't get them all to come to the same terms and, and settle a case. But I was proud of myself with that one. And, you know, what's beautiful about that, Tom, is that they're family. And so, you know, they're probably so angry they weren't talking to each other before, but afterwards... 
they could be family again. They could have Thanksgiving together. They could be mm-hmm. Christmas together. They could, you know, have the cousins, the kids get together. So, you know, you you should be proud of that. That's beautiful. And, um, yeah, I, I always feel so bad when it's probate because, you know, someone will say, Mom liked you better. That's why you got that. That's not fair, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I've seen families torn apart. Yeah. Because uh, the one I'm thinking about, the woman was the executor of the estate. She hasn't spoken to her sister in years because there were issues, and you know they never wanted to do anything. So even as of today, she won't talk to her sister that lives a block from her mm. because of the way the sister was with the the mother's property. Yeah, and it that's is, sad. It is so sad, you know. Um, I remember when my parents wanted to have an estate, and I had one of my attorney friends who also was just really like a mediator. So when I said, how about if my sister and I and my parents, we all sit down and we write this together so that this will not be a problem. So we kind of actually did a mediation just to prepare the estate plan. So that when my parents, each parent died, um, my sister and I just got closer and closer. So it was really, um, I was so glad that we did that. So you could use mediation as a, uh, you know, as an estate plan uh, process as well. To everybody yeah. sit down so everybody knows, and then there's no fight afterwards. Yeah. Everybody knows what's going to happen, and there's no big deal. Yeah, like elder mediation issues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. My parents took my sister and I downtown Chicago to talk to the attorney, and it was the time for each of us to say what we wanted and how we wanted to do it. And we did that, and as the years went on and my parents passed, that was a real easy issue resolving the case because we'd already had everything decided and then it was just a matter of saying do you still like your idea and i said yeah and my sister said yeah and so that was the end of it so you and your sister could still be friends right exactly <laughs> which is beautiful well you wouldn't believe this but we are just about out of time i just have one more question for you because um i want to make sure that we uh talk a little bit about this real quick but let's say people are listening to this right now and they have a dispute with a a neighbor, or they have a dispute with someone, what what do you tell them to do first thing? Before they do any litigation, they can do what's called a pre-suit mediation, is to talk to a mediator, and, you know, some have community-type mediations, uh, dispute resolutions. The cost can be very minimal, and I think most mediators would even try to work with the people and see if you can't resolve it through mediation, because you can always go to litigation. But then there's different things you have to do as far as procedures, the cost involved, you have to file the case and so forth. But if you can just sit down and get over, you know, hurt feelings, which is usually the biggest part, you know, maybe you can come to something and mediator point out ideas and alternatives and stuff. You know, it's been bothering me because you drive over my lawn every time you come home. (laughs) Right. You know, that type of thing. Well, you know, maybe we can resolve that simply, you know, but it's still somebody's upset. 
Exactly. Or the dog is barking every night, you know. Well, maybe we could get a bark collar or something like <laughs> Which that. Which would give me the button. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, okay, so I just want to make sure that people listen, you know, you can, now you're doing Zoom mediation, so you could you could actually Zoom mediate anywhere in the world, but, and me too. And I have done that. March 16th is when I started with no mediations, everything canceled because of the virus. Yeah. And then I started learning about Zoom, and I had one mediation where I was in Florida, and one of the attorneys representing one of the sides was actually appearing from Africa. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've done it with China, too. But anyway, we're just about out of time. So um, let's give your website so people will know where they can go and look at your website and what you do and maybe get you to help them out. So give your website, and then it's going to be time to go. Okay, it's HerzogMediation.com. Herzog, H-E-R-Z-O-G, Mediation, M-E-D-I-A-T-I-O-N.com. Well, thank you so much, and we will keep in touch. And thank you for all the work that you've done and, and how you've blended your psychology degree and all that law enforcement experience to do such great work for people. So keep up the great work. Okay, Tom? Thank you, Mari. And until we talk again. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.